Well, you know that Apple's been making a lot of uh, progress with the silicon products they put out. And most recently, people were talking about the M1, the mobile chip for laptops, and it'll probably make its way into desktop computers, their pro stuff eventually. Some version of it, they'll throw an X on it, they'll put another number in there, whatever it is, and a bunch more cores. So that's been the most recent thing that people have been talking about is kind of the performance they've been able to achieve for a company that's so fresh to that market. But they're not really that fresh because they've been doing big things in the mobile processor department for a really long time with the A-series lineup, mm -hmm. uh, culminating in the most recent version. We're all the way in A14. Yes. iPhone 12, 12 Pro, uh, iPad Air. Right, has a version of that, doesn't it? Maybe. <laughs> Do they put a different name on it when it goes in the iPad? I honestly name? can't remember. Do they put an X or something? Uh, it's in the okay. It appears in the fourth generation iPad Air as well. Okay, so anyways, look, they're doing big things to the point where if you check the benchmarks, if you're one of the, these people, Apple's just been crushing it for a really long time. Now, mm -hmm. this doesn't always equate to uh, being the. Uh, fastest device to interact with it, it it really depends on the use case scenario and benchmarks are benchmarks take it for what it is but it does mean something it means that that apple is doing big things in that department with uh, the those engineers that work there and uh, it's been a differentiating characteristic for them it's not just that the stuff has been uh, amazing from a performance perspective but also that they are so uh, vertically integrated you know, from the design and then the software and then the, uh, the whole picture. So it has kind of left people on the Android side maybe a feeling a little, little lacking. Now, that's not necessarily me because typically if I'm on the flagship Snapdragon, like I'm not bumping into those performance barriers in most cases, but you know every company wants to have these bragging rights. Well, listen to this, what took place today. Qualcomm acquired a company called Nuvia. And Nuvia is a company which was a branch out of a num from a number of Apple employees responsible for having worked on the chips at Apple. Okay? Huh. These dudes, Nuvia, they go, they go out of their way. They're like, you know what, we can, we can do some stuff. Now, at first, they were focused mostly on the server side of things. They were not necessarily focused on mobile. But obviously, Qualcomm saw something in there, potentially whatever intellectual property exists inside of their, well, I hope not just their minds, but also somewhere inside of their records and their designs. Their IPs. Their, their, you know, whatever it is that they're working on. Qualcomm obviously thinks if they're going to, by the way, they, they spent $1.4 billion dollars. Qualcomm obviously thinks they're going to extract some of that and potentially put it into their products uh, via the Snapdragon lineup. So listen to this for a second, okay? Nuvia was founded in 2019, and it was a, a, a trio that uh, were involved in the most important chipset companies from Intel to AMD, ATI, ARM, and Broadcom. And they worked at Apple where they played a part in designing the high-performance A-series chips for iPhones and iPads. Mm. That's the key line right there. And we've been talking about this in the other direction with Apple and Tesla. Apple out there grabbing some Tesla engineers, some uh, Tesla 
executives. It's like, what do you know? Yeah, what do you Tell know? Tell me about it. Yeah, it's a shakedown. Yeah. I was doing All a shakedown. All the IPs falling out there. Uh, that's how it works. Yeah. No, they flip them upside down like the change comes out of the pockets. Yeah. In a cartoonish way. Yeah, that's how. That's all they have to do. And then they just send them on their way. They're like, go work wherever yeah. you want. We got to change out your pocket. Of course, it doesn't work like that. No, I mean, this stuff happens. That's how corporate world, all right? That's how it goes. So even though these guys aren't necessarily working on mobile chips right now, Qualcomm believes there's something in there, that there's a chance to do something big. Nuvia, for their part appears to have kind of been predicting a move in this direction because they've been hiring people from Samsung and the Exynos division mm. in Texas, which recently closed down. So now they've got talent in their ranks with experience on the Android side. Mm. You see how this goes, Well, Everybody, it's all uh, mixing. A melting pot. It's a fine, like a fine stew. Yeah. It's all mixing together uh -huh. all those ingredients. Uh-huh. And so Qualcomm, I guess at this point, they get to sit down and take all that and try to turn it into an even more competitive Snapdragon product to compete with the likes of Apple and A-Series. Of course, this is going to take a while, but it is a very notable acquisition, especially when you're talking about a $1.4 billion acquisition, especially when you're talking about those previous ties to Apple-type acquisition. Mm -hmm. Today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Speaking Hello of acquisitions... Fresh. That's a thing that you wouldn't mind acquiring, especially when you're hungry. Mm -hmm. It will not cost you $1.4 billion either. And I got a story for you guys today. Mr. Willie Doo is now part of HelloFresh family. He has ingested three meals recently. Yeah. And he has a lot to say. He told me, I don't even want to oh. tell you before the show. Uh oh because I got to give you my feedback. I got to explain these meals in great detail. I got to tell you how succulent these things were. And he, he that's all he said, but he did use the term succulent. So I said, I'll well, let you, uh, the, the stage, the floor is yours is what I said. Oh, when we, so go ahead and tell so us wh what this? you've been eating. Okay. Yeah, what you've been eating. So I've been, uh, I got three meals from them. Um, it's uh, one is beef, one is pork, and the other is chicken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were all delicious, especially the uh, pork uh, burgers. They were good. It was a pork burger. Yeah. That's a bit different. Yeah. They kind of turned it upside down. Was there, what kind of seasoning would be on that? What was the theme? Do you recall? Because um, it's always a theme, you know? Could be like Southwest, uh, you know. They had, a, I think, a Chipotle mayo. It was a Chipotle mayo. So maybe like a. Did you get a fresh bun out of the deal? So whoa 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 whoa! Take it easy. I I had to say like the the buns were really good. They were surprisingly good, really huh. fresh. And we put the whole thing in the in the fridge, the whole meal. Uh, when we were ready to cook, like the buns were great. They were delicious. Look at you! You're cooking at home. Yeah. You're making yeah, no. way nicer meals than you'd be making otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it's all courtesy of HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. Would you agree that? Did it take you about 30 minutes? It was around there, yeah. HelloFresh offers 23-plus recipes each week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients, so you'll never get bored. Eating healthier has never been easier with low-cal, carb, smart, vegetarian, and pescatarian options every week. And no matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce sourced directly from 
farmers. You guys know I eat HelloFresh, and Will, he, he just, well, he's part of the team now. He's eating, he's making burgers. Imagine that. All you got to do for your chance, your trial, is head over to HelloFresh.com slash LouLater10. Use the code LouLater10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. There's not, you got no excuse. That's free food. We're talking, we're talking about meals here. A sweet deal. We're talking about meals here. HelloFresh.com slash LouLater10 and use code LouLater10 for 10 free meals. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash LouLater10. Don't forget the code LouLater10 and click the link in the description if that's easier for you. 10 meals plus free shipping. Unbelievable. Delicious. You might, you might get the Will's favorite meal. You never know. Like yeah. you'll see, you get so many options. It's up to you. Apple is examining some concepts. We figure this stuff out via uh, the patent filings. I think you're missing this story, which is fantastic. Okay, well, it's, uh, this one it. is on appleinsider.com. And the title of the article, Apple Examining Concept of iPhone Cases That Can Charge AirPods. This is uh, kind of an interesting thing, especially considering the fact that we have the Galaxy S21 event coming up very shortly at the time people are watching this and we're going to be doing a live stream for that so after you're done watching this episode go look for that live stream because we're going to be broadcasting during the entire event and then publishing an unboxing video immediately after holy moly keep it all together that's going to be on the unbox therapy channel but anyway we've seen the rumors and the leaks and we've seen how samsung came up with some novel ways to house the s pen in some of their accessories mm -hmm. because now you have the pen input for the uh, S lineup, not just the Note series. And so it gets you thinking, what more could be done with accessories and how could we merge together all the things around our favorite devices and not just the device itself? So obviously we've seen wireless, reverse wireless charging by placing your headphones on the back of a phone or using your phone to charge another phone, uh, power yep. sharing, whatever you want to call yep. it. Uh, we have also seen the pen, or Apple calls it the pencil, their pencil on the iPad has the magnetic attachment on the side. Mm -hmm. But the headphone one is actually maybe more interesting than, well, they're both, they're both interesting, the pen and the headphone. They kind of work, they don't do much without a device to feed them a source. Mm -hmm. But right now, your headphones, let's say your AirPods, for example, they require a separate case, and the separate case carries a charge, which is kind of nice, but it's a separate thing to carry around. Now, what if the case for your phone was also the case for your AirPods and they were capable of charging, as you can see in this particular diagram right here, as part of the patent filing, so they could just fit in there when they're not in use and catch a little boost. Hmm. Now, this is, Apple has done something kind of like this by creating a battery case in the past, which if you remember, it was a bit of a meme town. It had the hump on the back that looked like oh, a camel, right, yeah. like a plateau on the top. But if you could do it in a smooth, kind of uh, magnetic way, you could create a little slim channel for an AirPod to charge up. That could be interesting. Now, it's important to note that this particular patent is pointing at an accessory case rather than having them plugged directly into the phone itself. And Will okay. is actually having a fun time right now. I see him smirking, which usually means <laughs> he wants to talk. Go ahead, Will. What do you got? Well, based on this patent, it looks like it has antlers, this phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, like could a, be a look. A now, actually, phone. that's not the only version of this they showed off. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see there's a flip style case, which actually uh, gives you a different location to potentially house those 
AirPods. Now, oh, this yeah. okay. style of case, we've all seen this wallet kind of case with a pass-through window. Now, imagine if you had a section carved out for some low-profile earbuds, which could mm. also fit in there. It's kind of fun. It seems a, not exactly Apple-ish because yeah. it, it could be perceived as kind of gimmicky, but if you could do it in a smooth way, if you could do it in such a fashion that felt complete and quality, then, I mean, your earbuds are there whenever you need them. Yeah. So from a functionality perspective, I don't need to make the case. You can understand why that would be nice, but mm -hmm. it has to be manufactured in such a way that it's not perceived as a gimmick. I agree. Now, speaking of Apple, obviously many companies are inspired by Apple's designs and what, what they're doing. I mean, honestly, it kind of makes sense. If you, you have a wildly successful product, people want that product, they approve of that product, and so therefore other manufacturers tend to snag details from those designs some people don't mind other people get very frustrated and upset by it they say hey that was a unique design how dare you and then or other people say where's the creativity here you just slap something on there that looks mm -hmm. like something else mm -hmm. or you get people that say you know what i don't care is it a cool phone does it does it do what i want it to do does it have the price i want to pay like that's more important to some people anyway we have a new leak here of a certainly somewhat inspired device from the uh, current iPhone lineup. This is the Oppo Find X3 Pro. And I would say it's inspired, but it does kind of take things in a different way. Hmm. The There's this little ramp leading up to the camera module, which appears to be a trend in the industry now. This is the next thing, the smooth ramp. Oh. Right? To the camera module instead of having the big hump. Uh -huh. It's a hump still, but it's it's not so immediate. It's not like a cliff where the camera unit sits. So this kind of smooths it out a little bit. Now, where it becomes iPhone-ish is in the fact that you have the triple camera layout in the exact same orientation. Mm -hmm. That's obviously where it becomes iPhone-ish. This is going to be a flagship device, by the way. 120 hertz display, Snapdragon triple eight in there, 6.7 inch 120 hertz display at 1440p. A unique 25x zoom macro lens and two new 50 megapixel cameras built by Sony and an unnamed fourth sensor. So certainly a flagship level device. Super VOOC 2.0 for very fast charging and VOOC Air fast charging. VOOC Air, I believe, is their wireless charging technology. So that's fast as well. But obviously it's getting a lot of attention because of its appearance. Willie do break it down for me. Uh, answer this one for me. Is this egregious? Is this is this just rubbing you in all the wrong ways? Or are you going to let it slide and uh, it's all right with you? Hmm. Well, I uh, I took a look at this leak a couple days ago mm -hmm. and it was very off-putting. I was like, oh. Well, did you just flex on us thing. right there? Did, I did, yeah. You just flexed on us right there. I okay, did. continue. Um, but now when I look at it a second time, it's not as offensive. I, I don't mind it. You softened up. Yeah. You know what I think yeah. it was? I think it was those burgers you got from HelloFresh. <laughs> I think that softened you right up. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, coming back to Samsung, we're on the cusp of this S21 launch. And, of course, we all know the rumors that they're probably, at least in some markets, will not be a power brick included in the package, which I don't even want to get into it because it's it's the writing is on the wall. It's not even worth necessarily arguing about anymore because... 
It's just going to be the way it is, just like it was for the headphone jack. That's it. Mm -hmm. We've had the conversations. We've said all the things, the pros, the cons. Certain governments have issue with it, and they're going to go do whatever they're going to do. But we are living in an era now where you're going to have to bring your own charger or buy your own charger. Now, the unfortunate part for me, I'm such a fan of the new charging tech that's constantly improving that I feel so many people are going to have subpar charge experiences because they're using old power bricks and because they don't know what to buy and like what their phones even support mm -hmm. because it's not in the box. I mean, of course you can look it up and figure it out, but it's just the whole situation has become a little bit more complex. So if you do pick up an S21 series phone, make sure you're looking at a charger that can deliver the charge speed that your device is capable of. Now, Samsung is going to make that a bit easier by launching some new chargers. Here we have a leaked image of their upcoming 65-watt USB PD charger. Now, just because it's 65-watt doesn't mean it can't charge devices at a lower that receive a, a, a lower amount of power. It can do that. That's what the PD is all about. The name of the device, the EPTA865, not making it any easier to remember, it features a single USB port and supports, US, and supports USB power delivery at up to 20 volts and 3.25 amps. And it is also programmable power supply compliant, so you can use it with all kinds of devices. Now, they have put out a bunch of power bricks in the past. I think I have the 45-watt one over there, but obviously 65-watt is fantastic. I'm a big fan, 65 watt, Willie do. I'm a big fan of the various VOOC chargers that are out there. Mm -hmm. So just keep this in mind if you're in the market to purchase uh, one of these uh, S-series devices that come out, that are coming out uh, mere hours from when you're watching this, mm -hmm. then keep your eye on your charge brick. You do not need to buy the proprietary Samsung one. There's plenty of great PD power bricks you can pick up on Amazon or you can pick up from our partners, Anchor, who I've talked about in the past. Just make sure you get enough power for your device. Now, speaking of Samsung, I got this fun little uh, faceless smart pet. I want you to scroll down, Willie, and just tell me what you feel when you see this right here. Where do you feel that? What part of your body do you feel that in? Well, definitely in the loins. In right there. That's where yeah. it gets you. Uh, man, these are uh, freaky. Yeah, those are very Black Mirror-ish, and their faces showcasing an exclamation point and a question mark. Is there anything scarier than an exclamation point and a question mark? That's the Especially scariest, when it's red. scariest combination of potential characters. Now, maybe X, and X is also mm. scary. Yeah. But uh, it's the mix of excitement and confusion, uh -huh. which actually, from an artistic perspective, kind of meaningful in this particular design. Excitement around robots, but also confusion mm -hmm. and fear of the unknown, which the question mark represents. I just put all that in there. I don't... It is just a concept. Of course, we are on Yanko Design. Shout out to Yanko. I think we featured some articles from yeah. here before. So this is just strictly a concept of a potential futuristic surveillance pet that you might have on your premises. See, the thing is, Will do. I know how much you love that little dog of yours, Otis. I don't know if he's going to scare everybody. You know what I yeah. mean? He's a little small. Uh -huh. He's 20 pounds, and he does not have an exclamation point, a question mark as his face. No, no. See, if I bump into this guy, I'm kind of curious what his capabilities are and who, he, who he's actually alerting. Now, yeah. as we all know, Samsung is not releasing this particular device. In fact, 
The robot they showed off at CES looked quite a bit friendlier uh, and less dog-like. Yeah. But uh, scroll down to the to the very last one. He he thinks the designer of this particular concept thinks that there's no need for them to have a head or a face, and that a screen makes more sense. But there is mm. something uh, to me terrifying about that particular uh, silhouette. It's one uh, shape too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it doesn't look mechanical. Oh, it'll it get you all right. Synthetic. It'll get you. Listen to this. Tesla would need. 1,600 years to make the amount of money the stock market has put into it. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying there? This is coming via Jalopnik. Tesla would need 1,600 years to make the amount of money the stock market has put into it. At its current pace. Hmm. This is, some people use this metric as an indicator of how overpriced Tesla happens to be. Right. That usually there's some sort of a map, some sort of a, an association between a company's revenue and its stock price. Mm-hmm. But you and I have said how many times, this is like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. This is like fun stuff. This is like, you know what I want to have? You know what I want to have? My little portfolio, my little yeah. app. Yeah, I want to have Tesla in there. Because it's cool. Yeah, because it's cool, Willie, dude. And what is the price of cool? Oh, it turns out, Seems to be unlimited. Mm-hmm. Seems to be. Yeah. So let me break it down for you. Tesla delivered 499,550 vehicles in 2020. Impressive. Easy. You know, not, not to take any. But, but how upset would you be if you're Elon and it didn't hit 500,000? Oh, yeah. 499,550. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw him make a push too at the end of 2020. He was like, uh, quick discount, uh, we're close to 500000 Like, just buy one. Yeah, just so we can hit that So they mark. could bill it in that year, but I guess they just barely didn't make it. However, its market capitalization in that same period shot all the way up to $750 billion. Hmm. 500,000 vehicles, $750 billion. Wait a second. By comparison, General Motors delivered 2.5 million vehicles. Hmm. 2.5 million. However, its market value is $62 billion. That makes Tesla's price-to-earnings ratio, I think actually, I have a follow-up story on GM. I think their market value is up right now. Yep. So keep that in mind. But Tesla's price-to-earnings ratio is 128x. The industry average is 15. And if you just map that out across the next 1,600 years, at that point, Tesla would have earned... The value, the mark value, the current market capitalization value, in that amount of time, and then Elon can sleep at night. He can finally take a nap at that point, one thousand six hundred years from now. Uh, so yes, it's a very unique stock in that sense. Stock is a stock, supply and demand. Buy low, sell high. Mm-hmm. Buy high, sell high. <laughs> the stock is worth what people, what the people decide it is worth. And if it feels cool to have Tesla and be on Team Elon, well, guess what? You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay a premium, and you might make money along the way. This is this rise is just unbelievable. Although I do think Bitcoin is down. I don't know. Do I have a Bitcoin story? I don't have a Bitcoin story. So let's get a Bitcoin update. Okay. Let's get a Bitcoin update since I don't have a Bitcoin story. Okay, Bitcoin's doing just fine. 
37, 156, right. 96 at the not time of filming. Bitcoin doing just fine. It's not at that 40G. Dip a bit. But. It's doing just fine. Don't cry for Bitcoin. Not yet. GM, who I talked about in the last story, they have actually hit a record high. They reveal a new electric van and they're showing off flying cars and they believe in that stuff. And they got a new logo. Did they? They did, yeah. Oh, I didn't see their new logo. Uh, okay. You know I like logos, Will. Yeah. What's the logo? Oh, my God. Uh, it's yeah. an electrified logo. Yeah. That they is the really most. They really wanted to push uh, electric. That is the most electric logo. How is it that that logo is so electric to me? What is it about it? Is it a blue color? Maybe, yeah. See, I thought green would have been electric. I don't know. It just feels so electric. Yeah. I think it's the shape of the M. It's a very electric M. Oh, it's an electricity. It's an E flipped on its side. Yeah, there's an animation to go with it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay, so I'm re finally reading into the point of the logo. They made the M an E on its side for electric. Oh, good. Huge commitment to electric, so much so that it becomes a part of the logo. That's a big mm -hmm. commitment, Will. Yeah, they're, they're in it. That's a big commitment. So obviously we've been talking about what they're going to be doing with their upcoming vehicles, particularly under the Cadillac name brand. Big bet on crazy luxury type electric vehicles. Very excited to catch a look at that. GM hit me up. I know you're in Detroit. That's just down the road. Whether you're GM, Ford, whoever you are, you know, bring your stuff by to the new studio. Cars look great in there. Yes. That's my message on that if you're watching this. But it doesn't stop there because once you start making these types of products, you know what you do next? Hmm. Start making flying cars because people have predicted. All right, people have predicted. Let me tell you what the people are predicting. Okay, analysts, investors, those type of people. Morgan Stanley expects the autonomous urban aircraft market may be worth 1.5 trillion by 2040. Did you know that? 2040, well, all right, so you're only going to be 25 years old at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At Remember you got afraid mind. of dying the other day when we were shooting this? You're like, hey, man, don't tell me I only got 45 more years. Yeah. And I was like, wait, <laughs> we'll do the math on the averages and anything oh, no. else that's going on. You didn't want to do it. Well, anyway, 2040, you'll still be a young man and you can pick up uh, your little piece of the $1.5 trillion urban aircraft market. And you're going to be zooming around town. You know, what's important with these aircraft and what they showed off is this VTOL. You know what that stands for? Let's hear it. Vertical takeoff and landing. Look at you. Look at that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right in front of our eyes. Yeah. VTOL. That's that's what it is. And it's really important, obviously, if you're gonna if people can be zooming around in public with these things, they gotta get up and they gotta get down. Mm -hmm. And they gotta do it safely. And and there's gonna be you can't have these giant runways for the thing to slow down. It has to go straight up. Then over and then straight down. Very futuristic, very science fiction. And they're not joking. They showed this thing off. They're like, we got a commitment to it. Now, in the short term, they're working on a van, more importantly. And the, the vertical takeoff and landing flying car comes at a later date. The EV600 electric van is scheduled to go on sale later this year through a new commercial business unit of GM called Bright Drop. And anyway, all this exciting news has has uh, gotten people excited about the stock in, in general, mm. mobility, transportation, etc. And so it's been benefiting. And even though they were referenced in a previous article as having a much smaller market capitalization than 
Tesla, they're working on it. I mean, if you think about it, what the electric car did to the transportation market, whoever's first on this vertical takeoff landing transportation in the air, there's a whole nother series of events and a whole new generation of vehicles at that point. It might be an even bigger deal. Mm -hmm. But it obviously seems very complicated at this point. Like, I don't want to go out there saying five years from now, they're saying by 2040, it's already a big business. That's not that much time, really. No. Uh, what are the rules? What are the speed limits? Yeah. How high do you go, Will? Where do you go? How do you not crash into one another? They've all got these sensor systems. It's completely autonomous. Do you have any user input? You're not a pilot. No. I think it'll start with the delivery drones. That's the guess here. Signal becomes the number one app after reaching 1.3 million downloads on Monday. I was talking about how well Telegram was doing with 25 million new users in a 72-hour period after the WhatsApp news started to break. New privacy policy, terms of service, whatever it was, people were upset. They were looking for other messaging apps. We talked about it here on the show. Mm -hmm. Tremendous amount of attention around this particular topic. They're hitting me up. Yeah. So Telegram was doing well. They're actually number two on the App Store and Google Play. Signal, number one. The app garnered 1.3 million global downloads on the App Store Monday, according to the app data, app data and analytics website Apptopia. We estimate that Signal has been installed 63.1 million times in its lifetime. Signal has been breaking its own daily download records since Saturday. And obviously we know what's been going on since Saturday has been all this hype around Leaving WhatsApp is what people are talking about. Uh, Signal is encrypted messaging. It's actually founded by the former founder of WhatsApp. So maybe there's an extra little comfort there, but this is the new project. And uh, user can users, here's, here's another thing just about messaging apps in general. Users spend more time in messaging apps than they do on social media. I don't know if you knew that well. 67% more time. Really? That users, I don't. You know what I mean? Try to get a hold of me. But I guess regular people are just, they're messaging each other like crazy. Hmm. Right? Uh, now, now, now to, to show you how big, of a, how big of a jump this is, prior to the WhatsApp situation, Signal ranked number 750 in overall US downloads. That was on January 4th. Okay, right before this whole thing started happening. The number has jumped since until it got all the way up to number one in overall U.S. downloads on Sunday. That's U.S. Hmm. Right? So we wondered about the global distribution of WhatsApp users. We wondered if this was going to hit the U.S. in the same fashion, and look at that, it has. And so not only is it number one global, it's number one in the U.S. as well. Obviously, some of the stuff happening on Twitter, endorsements from Elon Musk, endorsements from Edward Snowden, they helped spur that on. These downloads, people say, you know, maybe not even leaving WhatsApp. Maybe mm. people who were previously using uh, iMessage or just SMS were sitting and saying, oh, you know what? What's this signal thing everybody's talking about? Mm -hmm. Let me go check that out. All the guys are talking about it. So they're in the limelight right now. They're all booming. And WhatsApp, on the other hand, has been dipping. So it was number 27 and number 21 in overall U.S. downloads on January 3rd and January 7th. And now it's all the way down to number 38 as of this Sunday. So WhatsApp goes down, Signal goes up, and the world keeps turning. 
And you you all keep sending messages and apparently you spend more time in messaging apps than on social media. Actually, let me know in the comments. Is that true? Do you do that? I don't think I do that. Certainly not if you include YouTube. If YouTube is social media, then messaging apps aren't even mm -hmm. close. Cyberpunk 2077, you could catch a deal on it. In fact, it is now nearly half the price on PC. Now, there are some important uh, distinctions to make here. Mm. It's not the retail price just straight up if you purchase it. Can you get it on Steam? Where, where are they selling on the PC? They don't have any weird like uh, app store that is only theirs proprietary do they no no so you no. just get it on steam yes uh now i guess the smart buyers on in the pc gaming side figure out other ways to get these games and look for deals mm -hmm. on steam right now how much are you gonna pay for this game uh let's see oh that's gonna take you a second well let me tell you what you're gonna pay if you do what the verge suggests here you can snag a code from the drm free gog version of the game this will let you get it for 35 dollars, and that code will work globally apparently so you know on steam it's 60 bucks on steam it's still the full pop 60 bucks actually i just saw the price go up on the gog key global it's 38.49 you will instantly get an activation code i have no experience with these types of sites. Click where it says it costs $35.18 right there. I have no experience with these type of sites, these resellers with the codes and whatnot. So before I put this story and I asked Willie Do, I said, hey man, is this stuff for real? Like what's going on? Can you vet it? Can you uh, endorse it or whatever? And he's like, absolutely. I, I love these guys. This is why I do this stuff. I, every, I do this stuff every day, whatever he said. I've uh, never heard of this site before. Uh, it's called Aniba. Yeah. Um, I think Aniba is like a repository for the codes. And then, but if you look, you're actually redeeming it on GOG.com by I the see. looks of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really popular ones. I think one is like G2A. That's the, the one I've heard of in the past. Gaming. So you can see actually from a, a few different places here Brilliant Games, Game Stars. It looks like the price is hovering around $40. The lowest being $38.49 currently. And then, uh, trending upwards to 41.35 but it looks really aggressive on this yeah code market for getting this game now obviously we know all the stories about this game all the uh uh problems with the game you know or that people were having but most of those problems were not on the pc side no most of those problems were on the consoles and the old consoles yes so some people might be thinking to themselves you know what i'll just pick it up on a pc and and have myself a better time and now i guess there's even potentially more reason to do so at 3849 if you pick it up through the code which you just endorsed and recommended i didn't do that well make sure it's global apparently there's some other versions it's like a russian version and then you'll get the russian version yeah just make sure it's global it would be yeah you don't want that regional stuff you need yeah. the you need the real deal you need the full deal this game look i mean you can go read the uh, the, the uh reviews on the website but someone's going to give us a whole Oh, uh, a, a whole class, yeah, a whole class on this as far as how this stuff works. But, uh, you know, I see The Verge posting about it. You say you've used it before. So yeah. take take a look. Mm -hmm. Do you know this guy, Uncle Roger? Uh, He's on YouTube? Yeah, he's on YouTube. I've heard of him here he, and there. He, he makes these parody videos. He makes these videos. Uh, oh, you can't cook. This is how you cook he, or something like that. Yeah, he, he criticizes 
he criticizes uh, food videos on YouTube where usually it'll be like some big chef. I think he criticized like Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And then he had another hit video where he criticized a BBC uh, cooking show. Oh, yeah. I think in one one of them was fried rice. He just flipped out. I mean, it's a, it's a parody thing, right? He's playing a character. He flipped out the way that they were making a fried rice. And then in a different one, I don't know, he flipped out a couple of different... That's his whole character, right? Uh -huh. Anyway, he's getting attention today for... Uh, well, actually not for comedy at all. He did a video, apparently, with a guy who I watch on YouTube. And I didn't know he was in hot water, this other guy, with China. So oh. the guy Strictly Dumpling, I'm sure you've watched him. Oh, yeah, uh, Mikey Chen. I believe it's Mikey Chen. I yes. want to get this right. Yeah. 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 So, so he's got those great videos. He goes to 7-Eleven uh, in Singapore or whatever. I love that stuff. And just gorge. He likes gorgeous. How fun is that stuff, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's in, the he's unusual. Positive and and it's the unusual items. The food is it looks really. And good. it's always a surprise, and he he finds the kind of weird spots. Like I watched one episode of his. He's eating in a department store, and it actually has good food. I don't know if it was Japan or where he happened to be at that moment, but uh, he has he obviously has an appreciation for food. He loves to eat. Yes. Seems like he's in a generally good mood, and I couldn't imagine that anybody would have anything against him. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it. But apparently, in the past, he's been critical of the Chinese government. Really? Yeah, he's been outspoken oh. on whatever, human rights and whatever else. And so I presume they're not such a big fan of him. Well, this other guy, Uncle Roger, I think he's got some sort of a fan base in China. Oh. And so he does this collab video and takes some heat on the collab not that much heat because he was quick to move and delete it oh he was quick to move and delete it because uh he went on weibo after which is of course the chinese social media app and started saying you know it was a bad judgment i shouldn't have had that guy on now i don't think anything happened in the episode that was particularly bad but people were just mad that he let that guy right. on the show they were like you know i don't agree with that guy's beliefs or whatever and mm -hmm. therefore i'm gonna I'm going to be upset with you kind of thing, which I don't think is necessarily justified. But he went on there, apparently deleted it, and then and then here's the quote, what he said on Chinese social media. He said, taking into account the seriousness of the situation and the possible negative effects of the video itself, after discussion, we decided to delete it. Now, he does say we, so I guess maybe they both agreed to delete it. Uh, even though... This guy is based in the U.S. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Chen is based in the U.S. He, this guy is U.K.-based. Uncle Roger is U.K.-based and of uh, Malaysian descent. And and Chen, on the other hand, strictly dumpling, he's in the U.S. And he's criticized Beijing on a, on a couple of things in the past. So what a crazy... You just try to make a nice, fun collab, and it turns into this. Mm -hmm. And I guess the unfortunate part is... That somebody like uh, Strictly Dumpling, I know he probably hates being called that, but it's just the way I know the channel, so yeah, I can't help it. It's fair. Uh, for somebody like him to be in a, in a position like this where you've now featured on someone's video and you feel guilty for the fact that this person is taking heat based on something that you've said, mm -hmm. it's just a really weird and awkward, having being a YouTuber myself and knowing how that could go down, it's just unfortunate the way that that had to work, but... It seems to be the way they decided to do it. And and I just want to say this, by the way, 
I don't even want to weigh in necessarily on a variety of uh, positions here. All I want to say is this stuff is complicated and hard to navigate as a content creator with a fan base that's global and and uh, and a fan base that has a variety of viewpoints. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just not as straightforward as it might feel for somebody that hasn't necessarily attempted to manage that. But that is in no way a defense of the of the the action. In 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 my case, I would I would have hoped that they could have found some other way mm-hmm. to do this or keep it up, and it wasn't forced to be taken down. But uh, it's just it's, this stuff is hard to navigate sometimes. Yep. Jimmy Fallon has drawn the lowest Tonight Show uh, Tonight audience rating ever, oh. ever. That was on Monday night, and uh, maybe this. Maybe this could be COVID-related. Maybe this is a sign of the times. Maybe this is a signal as far as changing habits around how and what people watch. The show pulled in 947,000 viewers on Monday night. As I mentioned, the lowest ever. Stephen Colbert's show was uh, doing a little better. It pulled in 2 million viewers. And Jimmy Kimmel had 1.67 million viewers. Uh... What can we say about this? He had good guests on. He had Bill Burr on. Oh. Jimmy Fallon had Bill Burr on, who, by the way, shout out to Bill Burr in, with the role in Mandalorian. Yeah. Great, I think he uh, did a good job. Episode. I think he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not easy to do something like that. Anyway, so he had a decent guest list. But like I said, it's just, I, I suppose it's some sort of a, a new way in which people are consuming things that that has... Also, I should just say, when the, when the COVID stuff hit... And there was no live studio audience and it wasn't being filmed the same way and people were at home and broadcasting from home and it just kind of lacked some of the uh, glitz or some of the spectacle. Mm -hmm. People weren't getting dressed up. The interviews are remote. Right. It's kind of like maybe the spark is not there in that. It's kind of like when you watch a podcast and the guest is physically there versus when they call in. Completely different. Completely different. And it's not to say that it's terrible. If if the person has to call in, that's mm-hmm. the way it has to be. Yep. It's better than not having the guest at all, in most cases. But it's not a substitute. It's when it comes to a good conversation and having some fun or whatever. It's that split second kind of interruption and the, yeah. the little dance that takes place there. That's very difficult with any kind of lag or technical interference. I guess with late night, it would have to be like just based on how it is. It's like a witty kind of dance yeah. between the two people. definitely definitely so without that if it's just like a, a lag it's hard that's yeah awkward. it's it i it's i have some sympathy there it's a hard it's a tough gig the way things are right now for a lot of people not just late night i mean small business restaurants you know it's just it's a tough gig right now for a, for a lot of groups i'm not mm-hmm. surprised to see this uh, but who knows it could be part of a bigger trend you yeah. know towards People just watching a, a a larger variety of things and not necessarily sitting down and everyone agreeing to watch the same thing, uh-huh. right? You know, that's kind of late at one at one time, late at night. It was the only show in town. Yeah, I'm talking me as a child. Yeah. I used to put Conan O'Brien on. Me and my brother, we laugh. Great. You know what I mean? In the mm-hmm. old days. Yeah. And it wasn't like you had anything else to watch. I mean, people people can realize right now that I'm 86 years old because. It wasn't like you could boot up your smartphone and just watch something. You had whatever 
uh, uh, videos you had rented uh-huh. or you had uh, whatever was on TV. And that's, I mean, they pulled views on that. I also think, um, you know, Kimmel and Fallon, they're online on YouTube. They are. So people can catch the clips. I presume, yeah, I presume, okay, so that could impact it too. Maybe. I yeah. presume Nielsen pulls those numbers as well, but. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're right. Maybe the clips do better than the actual show. It's quite possible. Uh, this is a funny one. Well, it's not really funny, but it's, I mean, a part of it is funny. So, you know, the situation at the U.S. Capitol, the the storming of the Capitol. I mean, obviously you know about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> the funny part. <laughs> obviously you know about it. No, it's not funny. It's not funny. Honestly, actually, at first it kind of came across that way when you saw it's just it. It's so ridiculous. It seemed like that. Outrageous. And then, but then as time passed or or as more information, you, you saw the some, seriousness of, some of the, the scenes and stuff and you're like, oh yeah, so people died and mm-hmm. one of the people was shot and a police officer died. And you're like, oh man. And, and you see the clips of like the police officer running and stuff. Yeah, it, no, it was a serious, it was a serious thing. And now people are trying to track down certain participants that were a part of that uh, storming of the Capitol. And somehow, sneaker internet got involved. And oh, you know, you know, okay. you, you can never underestimate sneaker internet. The sneaker culture, you know what I'm saying? Sneaker internet. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a whole, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's just a strong group. I don't know. They're just they're enthusiastic. Their enthusiasm yeah. is 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 significant when it comes to sneakers. Well, of course, the the sneaker guys they recognized a very rare pair of Nikes on one of these uh, U.S. Capitol stormers that they think can help identify the individual now that the police and law enforcement are seeking information about that individual. Hmm. Are you following this? So they spotted a pair of sneakers. Now, these sneakers are, what are they called? The Air Max Speed Turf. Probably have it in the article right there. You can catch an image right there. Now, this guy, by the way, isn't just one of the stormers. This guy was suspected of actually placing a pipe bomb. Oh, so that was, in I think, backpack. I believe they diffused it and they found it or whatever, but that's obviously another another level as well to it. But people who saw the images immediately recognized the rare sneakers on there. It's a $50,000 reward for this individual if someone can track them down, and they think they're getting, that, that one of the big clues is the fact that he's wearing the Nike Air Max Speed Turf. So those shoes are originally, hopefully, maybe you can just scroll, scroll up a little bit uh, or down, 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 down. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Air Max Speed Turf was a style from the mid-1990s, reintroduced in 2012, and then more versions in 2018, including two color combinations that might be the shoes seen on the suspect. Unlike widely distributed styles such as Nike's popular Air Force One, there aren't millions of pairs on the street around the U.S. And while they are available on resale sites such as eBay and StockX, they aren't traded with the same fervor as sought-after styles such as Air Jordan. So there, 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 there. It's a rare sneaker. Can we oh. get an image of the sneaker itself not in this picture? Uh, maybe on StockX or somewhere else. Max Speed Turf. I also am curious what the what the price is right now. Did it go up after the news story? Wow, that that is a rare sneaker. Uh, that you, looks cool. You're going to notice that sneak. Oh, good. Now you're saying good choice in sneakers to the guy? He has taste, I guess. <laughs> or she. 
It is kind of a cool looking sneaker. Anyway, it is flashy as well. I think it's available in a couple different colors, but just judging from the design with the big Velcro strap, it is a pretty noticeable sneaker choice. What's it going for right now on StockX? 130? Yeah, it's up a little bit. It's up 15 bucks on the latest sale. The Air Max Speed Turf. Yeah, you can track. That's the whole point of StockX. You can track the value of the shoe over time. But yeah, 54 sales in the last 12 months. That's a rare sneaker, Willie Do. So these 54 could Whoa. Be potentially. Whoa. One of the, uh, Detective Do. Stormers. Detective right. Do on the case. Yeah. What a weird way to go about it, but look at that. The sneaker the sneaker guys, they might uh, solve their very first case over here. They got some time on their hands in between trying to score, you know, yeah. on the apps and like, oh, I missed Might that. as well solve the mystery. Yeah, you might as well just become be detectives on the side, sneaker detectives. It's not the first time. You know people that will do the same with the footprint. You heard like the footprint story leading to arrests because mm -hmm. people are able to identify the exact footwear. Or the other one, which I remember when I was a kid, I think it was on an episode of Cops where someone's trying to get away with the LA gear, with the lights. Mm. Remember the light up? Was it yeah, the LA yeah, gear? Yeah. Was that the name of the company that had the light up shoes? LA gear? I think it was, but the name of the shoe wasn't LA gear, was it? Do I have this right? Do, am I mixing two things over here? No, it wasn't LA gear. It was, oh, LA lights which was from the company LA Gear. I don't know. Yeah, right there. LA Gear light up with the light up heel. I think that's what it was. Okay. Anyway, I can tell you're riveted right now at my light up shoe story. But yeah, sometimes the sneakers uh, break the case wide open. Yeah. Costco's going to close all of its photo centers. And I like that they use the skull for this particular image because that's my favorite emoji. But without the bones in the back, just the skull on its own. Anyway... You know, they've been famous at those Costco. You ever been to a Costco before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they've been famous for a couple of things. Well, well, for the uh, the food, the cheap food. Yeah. Like the like the hot dog that they refuse to raise the price mm -hmm. and the pizza and the big drink and things like this. The photo center, which is to the left whenever you walk in over there. Obviously, big everything they're also famous for. Mm -hmm. And the membership. Like, this is the things of Costco. And the free... Oh, and the samples. Oh, my yeah. God. How did I forget the samples? Willie Do's favorite part, the free samples. Do you ever have a free sample at Costco? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, how did I forget? See, it goes to show you how long I've been inside of a place. I didn't go inside of Costco in years, yeah. it feels like, at this point. Uh, anyway, this kind of makes sense. They get rid of the photo aspect. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot fewer people that are printing photos. Uh, but it is. there's a kind of a nostalgic mm -hmm. feeling that I have about it because once upon a time... I actually think somebody from the baseball team, I actually think, printed some team photos recently and then handed them out. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. Oh, you got a, we got a physical photo of the team. And I was like, man, I didn't hold a photo in so long. Yeah. To see uh, a particular memory manifested in something you can hold, it is a special type of... But in the olden days, it was the only way to see a photo. So it was a lot more printing going on. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, of course, that's happening a lot less. They're not going to stop developing your photos. You just have to do it online, and then I guess you pick up in-store or they ship it oh, to you. Okay. So they're still going to be involved to a certain extent, but that giant piece of real estate, which used to have their photo development section, that's the part that they're removing, and they're removing it from all stores uh, as of 
February 14th, 2021. So actually pretty soon. And I'm sure they'll find some use for that brand new real estate. They'll probably sell masks. That's right. probably they're going to stick a bunch of masks in yeah. that area where the photo thing used to be. Uh, it does also mean that they won't shoot your passport photos anymore. Because that's no. another thing. A lot of people would get the passport photo over there. Yeah. So they're out of that business as well. Last one for me. Amazon is pushing into education with a new academy in India. Imagine that. Amazon school, Will. Hmm. New learning platform that's designed to help students in India get into prestigious engineering colleges. The Amazon Academy announced Wednesday will be available through a new Android app and its website. You going to Amazon school, Will? What do you think they would teach you over there? Is that what they were going to call it? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm calling University? it. I'm calling it that because it's fun to imagine Bezos teach. I mean, look at the picture of Bezos over there. He's taking it serious. Is it called Amazon Academy? Yeah, I think it is, man. Oh, does that bother you? Uh, it's just weird. It feels weird. Yeah. It does feel weird. But, you know, Amazon has been investing in India. They're taking India very serious. And if you can imagine, if they can help you get into the program you're looking to get into because their app is so good at preparing you, however it plans to do so, you're going to have a really positive sentiment around Amazon going forward. Sure. As you become an engineer, as you end up accumulating more resources yourself, and then, or maybe they're trying to cultivate their next mm -hmm. group of employees yeah. to eventually come back and work for Amazon there domestically. It's quite possible. Uh, so yes, it'll be an Android app or a website, which makes sense. Many of the uh, users in India are on mobile. It's designed to help students prepare for the joint entrance examination, which is an assessment conducted for admission to certain engineering colleges in India. Amazon Academy aims to bring high-quality, affordable education to all, starting with those preparing for engineering entrance examinations. Our mission is to help students achieve their outcomes while also empowering educators and content partners to reach millions of students. Our primary focus has been on content quality, deep learning analytics, and student experience. This launch will help engineering aspirants prepare better and achieve the winning edge in JEE. So... Uh, what kind of a play do I think it is? Do I think it's, uh, do I think it's predatory? Like you get these people on Amazon rails real early. So they stay on track and, and you're, you're kind of, uh, massaging and finessing along the way. Is that such a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know, Will, because you're coming there, you're investing, you're helping that person achieve what they want to achieve. Uh -huh. you're helping them get into that college. There's no part of the agreement that states that they have to come work for you after. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I'm probably more on the side of the opportunity and the exposure is better than the upside for Amazon. But you know Amazon ain't doing anything without any upside. Yeah. So it's like everything else we talk about. Well, it's two sides to it. Mm -hmm. There's two sides on the cookie. We'll see how it goes. No one ever says cookie, Well, They no. say two sides to the coin. But you know what? You want to know something? There's also two sides to the cookie. Now I'm hungry. 